Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, guys. Welcome to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Hot Rod! What's happening, dude? Man, I'll tell you what's happening. What's happening? You're over talking about electric cars again. I am, man. Uh, well, you know what? When... Every time you say that, like that song, it's electric, pops in my <laughs> head. Now, um, Even Gray is getting down to it over here. I can't help it. When, when a company makes a bold claim, I have to address it. And especially when it's involving uh, electric cars, because I'm not the biggest fan, I definitely have to address it. So Fisker Automotive, we all know Fisker, California-based uh, company, who uh, kicked off their career back in 2008 as a... Uh, kind of a hybrid electric car is one of the first cars that you could just plug in and roll with as a hybrid. Um, well, they have made a claim that their new car that could be released as early as 2024 will have a 500-mile range and one-minute charge time. One minute. One minute. With a new solid-state battery they have, one-minute charge time. It takes time. longer to cook a toaster strudel than a minute. I mean, toast about takes a minute, all right? Unless you want it, like, dark, and it's going to take, you yeah, know. A little bit more. Yeah. But, yeah. but, yeah, toast about takes a minute, and this car can charge in a minute and then get 500 miles as opposed to the kind of standard. Now, what kind of power grid are they pulling this from? Because I'm going to tell you something. I could put a 100-watt light bulb in my house and make things flicker. Well, I'm not a batteryologist by no means. Or an electrician. Or that either. I'm definitely not a batter, batteryologist. What's that saying about the electrician? What is it? I'm like an Indian. I was like, I'm one wire, hook them up. I'm two wire. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Can't exactly. Say that. Exactly. You can't say that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. You get so, the point. So, this new solid state battery, that, that's what their claim is is 500 miles with EV range and then uh, one minute charge time. How do you one, minute one minute charge time. One minute. You believe that? I think they're really, really, there's a lot of steps to that all the way around. I agree. I mean, you got to be like connected to a nuclear power station. You got to <laughs> split an atom. I don't something. know. Something. I don't know, man. Technology is changing rapidly every day. Does that day. thing have a Mr. Fusion on it? It looks like a Mr. Fusion. If that helps. Back to the future. Yeah. Was the future. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, speaking in electric car news, um, just before, well, I think it was just after you guys were out in Las Vegas, actually, uh, the electric car that was involved in the incident. Well, it was actually, it was a self-driving car. Exactly. Yes. But you know what, though? What's up? A human hit it. Yeah, yeah. He backed into it. Leave a delivery it, truck. Leave it to a human. To... Yeah. So, that it spawned a conversation that you and I had the other night, and I wanted to bring the same conversation over to the air because it was a good conversation. All right. Stop. Let All me right. throw a little disclaimer out. Hot Rods and Happy Hour nor Intercom radio stations are responsible for anything that comes out of Odd Rod's mouth. This, is, this guy is grassy knoll, Jesse Venture, bat poop crazy. I might have a tinfoil hat, but... 
I think I, I think I have some uh, firm things to stand on. Like I that. think you and old what's that? What's that? Beyond whatever? What's the alien guy that comes on at midnight? Oh, I don't know. What's his name? What is it? Something whatever. I know what you're talking about. Oh, X Files. Yeah, I think I think wrong show, fool. <laughs> Later on tonight, down the hall. I th- well, no, he comes on during the weekday. It's where the black lights at down yeah. there. <laughs> X Files is playing. Actually, he needs to call me and talk because we we got a conversation. Yeah, you we and him, you and him can go back and forth. So, all right. So, in terms of self-driving vehicles, um, if you know much about electronics, uh, they're kind of wired to protect themselves, and they're kind of wired to defend themselves. Uh, if your computer ever gets a virus, you'll see it trying to take measures to prevent the virus from taking over. A lot of times, it can't, but it does what it can to do so. Now, pass this technology on to a car that's driving itself and it sees immediate danger. Um, what's it going to do? Is it going to make a bad decision in order to protect itself, but it could also cause fatal harm to others? Hmm. Let's just throw out the scenario that a uh, car pulls out in front of your uh, fully automated vehicle, and it has the choice to either T-bone this car that just pulled out in front of it or jump the curb and wipe out a crowd of people. What's it going to do? Valid point. Do we run over little Billy? Do we run over the little old lady pushing the cart? Yeah, I mean... Wh- or do we kill the machine? Yeah, I mean, wh- what's it going to do? Or, or is it going to send itself into oncoming traffic to avoid, you know, uh, a definite wreck? Or is it going to be like Johnny Five in Short Circuit and like busting some 80s dance moves? Could do that, too. I'm just saying... So there's there's a danger. There is a danger. There's there. a danger aspect that I worry about with the electric car movement, or with with the automated car movement rather. And I've talked about this before, but I have a little more uh, a little more deeper theory here. You know where I'm going. Cue with the X Files music, Gray. You know where I'm going with this one. You know where I'm going with this one. So we had a conversation, and a lot of you remember this. I was a little bit young when this happened, but right around the 2000 era, you know, the Y2J scare. Y2K. Y2K, whatever. See, Y2J is Chris Jericho from wrestling. But um, um, right around that era, though, they... uh, Y2J is a thing, man. It is a thing. Um, Like, I actually remember back in the late 90s and early 2000s, I'm ashamed to admit it. But I was a Mustang guy. Well, there's your problem. And I remember reading my muscle Mustangs and fast forwards. And no, I wasn't reading on an e-reader or my iPad. I was flipping pages, like licking my finger and turning pages of a muscle Mustangs and fast forwards magazine. And a guy wrote in. They got a, like an editorial called Ask Bernie. Right. And the guy's like, I'm really worried about this Y2K coming up. You know, talking about computers crashing. He said, I hope my fuel-injected Mustang with its ECM with four hole wires coming out of it is not is not going to be affected by Y2K. And he actually wrote in, concerned that the year 2000 was going to kill his Mustang. No, um, you know, drivers of No, your Mustang. Mustangs kill people. That's yeah, what, drivers of Mustangs typically kill them for themselves. So, But that's insane, though. I mean, like, I remember that. Well, you would also remember then that there was a big scare about the government planting chips within us to monitor us and keep track of us. And, you know, their claim was for medical records and things like that. You remember the, those conversations? Yeah, I remember something like that. All right. Well, I got to thinking, and I was talking to a gentleman about it. And he said, you know, they didn't have to put a chip in us. They gave us an iPhone, and we carry it with us everywhere we go. And it monitors and knows everything we do. 
And that got me thinking. I'm like, yeah, he's right. He's absolutely right. That got me thinking. You put an electric car out there. Do you not think it's got the same, especially automated car? It's not hooked up and knows the exact same thing. It knows where we're going. It knows oh, how about where... any car with GPS, period? Oh, yeah. I, I want you to truly think about that. Because right now, I can hop in your Malibu or my pace car, eh, kind of the uh, wagon, and we can take off, leave our cell phones at home, and we can go anywhere in this country, have a conversation with somebody, and come home, and not a single soul knows it. Well, how about traffic cameras? Uh, traffic cameras will get you there, but if you stay in the back roads, you're fine. But you introduce, uh, you know, a electric car in this, a uh, automated car into this, no longer are you alone. Someone sees you every move you make, however fast you're going. I had an ex-wife like that. Exactly. Freak me out, dude. Exactly. But you get what I'm saying. This is actually, you know, it's kind of an invasion of privacy. Now you got, you know, your phone knows where you're at. Your car's going to know where you're at. And a real good sign was this, is last year when we got back from Las Vegas, I've never seen a Las Vegas commercial in my life. And I go home and I flip on the TV and there's Las Vegas ads staying in Las Vegas, Las Vegas, Las Vegas. And I've never seen a commercial for Las Vegas in my life. And all of a sudden it pops up. Is your car going to start suggesting things to you? Will it drive itself to Las Vegas? Well, yeah, will it drive itself to somewhere you might think it thinks you might want to go? What will an automated car do? I'm, I don't know. It's a concern I got. I mean, it's like when you're shopping on Amazon, then you go on Facebook, you see the ads for the stuff you looked at on Amazon. Yes. And I look at some freaky stuff on Amazon. And then all of a sudden it scares you in your Facebook ads, right? Exactly. I'm like, oh my God, I was looking at that. So, Weirdo. I, I mean, what's your car going to do? Is it going to drop you off at a destination that feels like you should go? Or that, well, you went there last Tuesday, so you, shouldn't you just go here now? I don't know. Food for thought. I, I don't know. You know... I'll tell you what, Odd Rod. Right into our Facebook page, let us know. You write into Odd Rod, <laughs> and you let him know all about that. Right now, I'm paranoid, and we got to wind this down, and we got to squeeze some commercials in. But I'm going to promise you guys, no more X-Files, <laughs> no more grassy knoll theory for the rest of the show. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, guys, I'll tell you what, stay tuned. We've got a great show lined up for you this week, Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Odd Rod. What's happening, dude? You know what's happening? What's pickup happening? trucks. Ooh. Everywhere. Pickup trucks. Everybody wants a truck. I want me a pickup truck. I bet you I get it 10 times. Rob, what do you reckon be the best pickup truck for my son? I had a man send me a picture of Tahoe today. Look at it. It's Bob McLean. Hi. Hey, Bobby. I want to tell you something. Bobby Mack. That's 24-7. Yeah, all the time. All the time. But anyway, like I said, though, sorry, a little ADD kicking in. But squirrel, let me subtract my ADD out of this and go back to what we're talking about. We're talking about trucks, and everybody wants one. Everybody wants a truck. Everybody wants. A truck. I just and want mine to get the body shop. That's I'm telling you. But you, you see where I'm getting at, though. I mean, I mean, everybody wants. You know, it's so handy. I can run to the lows. A, a man without a truck is a man without a truck. Well, this is the thing. I mean, you know, we're in the South. We are. And pickup trucks are everybody. I mean, people ride around in pickup trucks. They're I mean, essential. They're essential. So it was really cool when you told me you found this list. You know, well, of the worst trucks. It, it was a little bit of a compiled list here of, uh, you know, trucks not to buy, used trucks not to buy, not brand new ones. Well, because I get that a lot. I mean, I get that one a lot. Like just today, I had a guy looking at a tire, a used tire. I was talking about it. Yeah. So what, what we've done is put together a list of the fourteen trucks not to buy, used trucks. Yeah, you know, fourteen used trucks. Not that's right, kids. Get your pad and pencils out. And this is based on a lot of different things, you know. There and, and like you said, there's a lot of options. Trucks, you know, used to you just bought a truck, 
nowadays there's there's v6s there's v8s there's you know four-cylinder trucks there's big trucks there's little trucks there's four-door trucks diesel trucks gas trucks yes you know, everywhere a truck truck there there's trucks for those who just like to have the appearance of having a truck there's trucks for those who like to work with their trucks. that's like those honda what's those honda trucks what's yeah, it, a ridge line? element or whatever. no no it's a, it's a ridge line ridge line yeah that's cute. it's cute. like it's like a honda accord with a little truck bed on it it's like pew pew look at me yeah i mean i look, it, I look yeah. like a truck it's not really a working class truck but so there's a truck for every occasion but it's like the truck ellen degeneres would drive yeah um yeah I'd i mean you know that. what like that she that's the ellen degeneres I, of trucks i could i could see that actually a lot <clears throat> those are Rob Pitt's claims, not necessarily mine, but I, I agree with him. I'm not going. I mean, that's not. I mean, you, uh, you don't see no man come rolling up to the Home Depot in his ridge line getting a four by eight sheet of plywood. I actually have with seen a tool a couple, belt. I have seen some ridge lines parked outside of the Home Depot. I am sad to say. I've never seen no ridge line lifted on thirty sixes. Oh well, yeah, me neither. I don't yeah. think they make that kit yet. So this list is based off uh, a lot of things: condition, mileage, wear, warranty, possible recalls, damages, salvage titles, and more. Um, which salvage title? You know, yeah, that's your own risk there. But uh, let's start this off with the number one on our uh, top fourteen list of used trucks not to buy. Number one would be specifically the two thousand and ten Dodge Ram fifteen hundred. But now they're talking about the V six Ram. Yeah, so this is one of the most popular light duty trucks. Is the Dodge Ram. Uh, it is a great vehicle. It really is. It's just a 2010 model year Ram that was equipped with a V6 engine that you want to avoid when you know after a used truck when shopping for a used truck. Well, they had to what the 376 and the yeah. 47 V8. So the, the, the three seven both dogs. The three seven uh, six cylinder though is the one we're worried about. It's a little relatively weak on a horsepower with just 215 horsepower. So it's barely enough to move the truck out of the way. And only 235 foot-pounds of torque. In addition to that, it had a poor fuel economy figures for a V6 engine. In fact, they were no different than the V8. That's so, so, so like, you got no fuel mileage gains and it, no power. It took a hit on power. And, you know, you know the V6... And can, you, can you really own a Ram without a Cummins or a Hemi in it? See, and I agree with that statement. And, and you know, stepping up to the V8... You know, you, you didn't improve your gas mileage, but at least you got more power out of the thing. Yeah, I mean, and it's and, a Hemi. And, you know, second, the, the base equipment was lacking compared to other trucks, like your F-150 or Silverados. And then this model earned a three-star rating on its NHTSA crash test rating. A three-star out of five, of course. I want to tell you something. Those Dodge That's trucks, good. have you ever seen one wrecked in the front? Those things roll up like a newspaper. I have seen one All wrecked that in the front. Very up close and personal. Yeah, those things, they just like roll up. I mean, they're... Well, here's the problem with the Dodge. Between that front bumper and anything else, there is a lot of space. So it crumples really easily. Um, so despite the good looks and the low price, avoid this model if you choose a newer Dodge Ram. Um, you know, or at least go after the V8. Yeah. At least do that. I mean, get you a Hemi. Yeah, and I've owned a Dodge truck before. And don't tell everybody that. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I'll get on a Dodge rant real quick. I'm a, I'm gonna step aside from this list and get on a little Dodge rant. I was talking to a gentleman this past weekend, and uh, we were talking about Dodges in general. He's a huge Dodge fan. He's got one of the prettiest Dodges that I've, you know you're gonna see around this area. But we were talking about Dodge and their fit and finish issues. And we walked around his car. And you're talking about a car that's 
you know, after it's built and everything, it's probably a $120,000 car. And there was plenty of little issues that were factory defects on this car. And that's just something that's always steered me away from Dodge. Dodge does a hell of a job when it comes to styling. And promoting. Promoting, yes. The marketing team's on kill. Um, And, you know, their performance department. Their performance department is there. But their fit and finish, that last 10% of the build, it's like they just, you know, they put all this into it and then just sweep them out the door. You can find all kinds of factory defects in a Dodge vehicle. It's just something that's always kind of steered me away from it. And, you know, and then you see issues like this, and it's just something to consider. Well, you know, and Dodge is so funny. They've always been good on their marketing, even in the 70s, you know, in the muscle car heyday. Oh, yeah. But they couldn't make one last. No, they couldn't. They couldn't. And it's like even my Dodge truck. I loved it. I had 94 Ram a long time ago. And I love that truck, but it was plagued with problems. Yeah. You know? One was a big goat on the front of it. Yeah, the big goat on the front did it no good. But <laughs> So let's move did on. Did it do that when you cranked it? It went, bah. Yeah, it did. Bah. So, I don't know. That's just my rant on Dodges, but... Let's skip over them. Let's go to number two on the list. So, number two on the list, uh, we'll go over to the GM category, the 2003 through 2005 Chevy Colorado. You remember those trucks? Cute little trucks. Look like a... Uh, they like got a, a bad rap. The, the Colorados are not bad trucks. The little five-cylinders are a little funky. The four-cylinders, always had good luck with them. Well, you know what? They had a lot of problems with electrical systems and with the air conditioner. And, you know, as well as the engine and rusty frame. They had a lot of issues there. Just different things that you wouldn't expect to happen of such a kind of newer truck, which these things are starting to get a little old now. But they had a lot of issues. Like I said, with electrical and air conditioning are the big problems, which I will say this to GM. GM has always had a problem with their air conditioning systems lasting, especially down here in the south where they're really put to the test, which I guess about everybody will, but... You get what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Uh, the GM products, is, especially I've noticed in their trucks, I've not, I don't own a lot of GM cars, but in their truck category, air conditioning systems kind of always been a battle with them. And and the 2003 to 2005 model Colorados were... Or GMC the, Canyons, I'm sure, or, too. Or the Canyons, yeah. Um, in later years, it had some problems, but the I tell you, I tell you what, what's a battle for us right now is getting you to shut up long enough to get a commercial break in. Okay, all right, I can do that. That's what I'm saying. Hold that thought. All right, I can hold that thought. All right, guys, stay tuned. We're talking about them trucks you shouldn't buy right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 1063 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. And I'm telling you what, we're talking about trucks you shouldn't buy. And Odd Rod is schooling us on this. We, we are. We're talking about trucks and you shouldn't buy. And we've talked about Dodges. Used trucks you shouldn't buy. Used trucks you shouldn't buy. So we're talking about Dodges. We talked about them little Chevys. Little Cali Rados. I think we need to bring them Blue Oval Boys in. You know what? I think we can. So, the next on our list, number three spot here, is any Ford truck with the 5.4 liter V8 engine. Well, the three-valve 5.4. Yeah, the three-valve. Some like, what, 05, 05 to 10, I think, is Something when they like ran that. these out. Um, yes, the three-valve 5.4 trucks. And I know a couple of people with one of these trucks who would be very interested to know this. With them cam faders. <clears throat> Blake and Barry. But anyhow, um, no. so Ford produced many trucks with the modular 5.4 in it, and it featured an innovative three-valve cylinder head. Despite being relatively powerful, those engines were known to develop serious issues. 
uh, especially when it crossed the hundred thousand a hundred thousand mark hundred thousand dollar that's about what it cost you to fix it uh the hundred thousand mile mark though and that seems to be a number that plagues a lot of vehicles for some reason well it's a, it's just that round number but um so the main problem is the can sh- camshaft phaser and i understand a lot of you might not know what that is um, so it's basically Ford's version of variable valve timing. Well, it controls the timing on. Basically, it's I mean, it's four wheel on the fly. I mean, it, it yes. controls the timing while it's still running and moving. So it literally adjusts the camshaft position exactly to either uh, retard or advance the timing of your truck to either give you more or less power as needed to help with mileage. Right to help with the mileage and wear and tear on the car. Well, and this has never worked. No. Ever. Now, this GM's variable valve timing, all of it's honestly, it's terrible. It's well, even, plagues with problems. We even go back to the late 70s. You know, Cadillac came out with a distributor that killed cylinders when you got to highway speeds. Right. And it worked really good for a little while, and then started showing out and wasn't. Well, right around the 100,000 mile mark. Well, they, did, they actually did it before then. You had to swap out and just put like a GM distributor in it, and you could actually fix it. Right. But uh, that was, yeah, that was a big flop for the Cadillac. So, when the system fouls, uh, fails, the idle becomes rough. Fouls? Fouls. Uh, the uh, idle becomes rough in the truck, and the engine loses power, obviously. Um, the first sign is trouble, and uh, of trouble is strange engine noises. Um, so, I mean, these things are just plagued with problems, and, of course, if you're going to pick a used one up, especially if it's a, you know, earlier model, like a 05 or somewhere in there, chances are it's probably reaching that 100,000-mile mark. If not, it's already crossed it. Hopefully they've already got the uh, situation fixed because it can become quite expensive. Now, just a little side marker note, outside of trucks, Ford put these engines in Expeditions, Explorers, and Lincoln Navigators. So, just Ford trucks with the 5.4 in it, kind of be leery of that. Know what you're facing up front. But you know, even the two-valve 5.4s had a lot of time and chain problems in those things. Oh, yeah. I mean... They're not, I don't know, I'm not a big Ford fan, and then to see issues like this, which I wouldn't have a variable valve timing GM engine either. That's just me personally. I don't like this little extra, uh, I understand why they done it. I understand to try to save, you know, save on power, save on fuel, but I don't know. In the long haul, Chevrolet made them drink oil. All right, so next up on the list here, I think it's going to break a lot of hearts, including my own, because I own one. <laughs> Go figure. Go figure. So next up on the list, coming in our number four spot, is the 2002-2005 Chevy Silverado. Cat Eye Silverados. Well, you know, it caught a little bit of the pre-Cat Eyes, but yes, your, your early Cat Eye Silverados. To me, this is one of the best trucks ever made. I guess I just got a good one. But um, Or did you? Or did, well, I'm going to go grassy knoll on you. Well, I did because it didn't have a 5.3, and that's where they're... Basing their problems off the 5.3 truck. So, and to say, not all Silverados are bad, but these years tend to be troublesome, but they made millions of these things. Well, they had a lot of problems with the gauges in these trucks. Yes, they did. And I'll tell you, here's the biggest issue, and this is an issue I have faced with mine. GM thought it'd be cool to have an uh, electron, electronic thermal control. Well, all the I mean, GM's had electronic thermal control for years, but this one was horrible. In those this trucks. one was terrible. Well, I remember in my '01, I had it wasn't like this. It was actually dials. Right now, see, now you could have a dial, or you can do it's, a, it's an upgrade to get that. Yep. So you got the, the electronic. My upgrade, '06 was like that, and they're terrible. They're mm-hmm. faulty. 
they're hard to dial in they don't work very long there's a lot of problems there electronically speaking and that is one of the main problems with these trucks is electronics like you said the dash gives all kinds of fits in these trucks well what's cool is with the climate control usually what it'll do is there's an electric motor in there in, and the control panel goes out but there's a electric motor in there that runs with blower doors and heater doors and what it'll do is it'll have the air blowing on one side and have heat coming out the other yep I, and i've seen it in my truck so actually. like you'll have one side that's like 90 degrees on one side and it'll be like 60 on the other what's interesting about my truck and it seems to do it when you cross over so if I've been running air conditioner and now all of a sudden I need to run heat and I change it over while driving, one side of the truck's going to stay running cool while the other side heats up. Or vice versa, if it's hot and I need to cool the truck off a little bit, one side's going to stay hot while the other goes cool. What I have noticed, if you pull over, cut the truck off, and you have it in your cool or your opposite position, cut the truck back on, it'll all come on the way you want it. That's what I've found out. But, nevertheless, it's a problem you shouldn't have to face, and it's actually a rather expensive one to have fixed. They're very expensive. So very expensive. It, it actually, it's a genuine problem to look at when buying a truck like this. This is a genuine problem, and it is an expensive one. Another one that these trucks are kind of notorious for, not really down here in the southeast so much, but they are notorious for uh, having rusted brake lines in them. Well, I, you know, I actually bought one of these Silverados. It was a 2002 so that falls in our little right. category there. I bought an O2 Silverado that a guy brought up, brought up from Maine. Okay. And this thing, New Hampshire. New that's Hampshire, where it was New from. New Hampshire. New Hampshire clam chowder. <laughs> was that? That's Boston clam chowder. That's Boston, it? yeah. Never I don't know what New Hampshire makes, but yeah. anyway. Whatever comes from New Hampshire. That. And a green Chevrolet truck. And this is a gorgeous truck. Till you got close, and it looks like the rocker panels were rhino-lined. Because <laughs> they were, like, bubbly all the way across. <laughs> you know what I mean? Look like the backside of like a fat girl's legs. You know what I mean? It's just dimples and bubbles everywhere. It was horrible, son. And I'm gonna tell you, rusty brake lines, this thing was a death trap. You couldn't stop it. And like you jack it up, this truck will probably split in half. Yeah, and see that's something I do check on my vehicles. I check brake lines. I've had brake line failure before. I know what that life's about. I never want that again. It's bad. Um in my O four it it doesn't have an issue there. But that is a problem that these trucks do get faced with is rusted brake lines and that is a very very serious issue because you got to remember your brake system is under a lot of pressure so this this is something that can be faulty and actually very life-threatening yeah there's a lot of things you can let slide on a vehicle brakes is not one of them no brakes is not one of them and then you know you look at the 5.3 which i love the power plant the 5.3 is a great power plant in my opinion and i love these trucks just my opinion but the 5.3 is a big gas guzzler especially in these trucks and i think they are a little underpowered and eventually get a little worn out if you, especially if you're using this truck as far as you know hauling a payload I mean, with it's still a 300 horsepower truck it, it is it's a 300 horsepower truck it will do work don't get me wrong i've owned one i've pulled with it it does great now as you add miles and years to it like anything true um they do wear out a little bit more now with the ss it, had the, it does have the 60 in it and some of your hd models do have the 60 if you opted out of the diesel models 60 is a lot better but they are still we had the 1500 hds in these years too yes six you did. liters yep and but they still do you know they love gas oh yeah six but, liters rough on gas too but i mean and this is just my personal opinion when i'm looking at a truck Gas mileage is not something, it's not top of my priority list. You know, I'm, I'm buying a truck. I know what to expect. Yeah, but you don't want to put gas in every 15 minutes either. You don't, and, and I'll be honest, the Silverado SS, it does rate at 14.5 miles a gallon. 
my my five three truck I had it done right at seventeen. And I never faced any but of these. But you know what's crazy? That new Silverado guy. I'm doing 21 miles to the gallon with that truck right now. That's yeah, insane. Yeah. What, what year is yours? 2017? Yeah, 18? 17. 17. With a 5.3. Yeah. And so. But it's that eight-speed transmission. I'm telling you, that's where it's at. It's the eight-speed transmission. And that's another problem out of these earlier model Chevrolet trucks is the automatic transmission. About that 140? Yes. 150,000 mile more. It's going to be It's the 4L60. The good thing is. Or the 80s and the 6Os. Yeah, the 80s and the 6Os, but mainly on the 5.3 trucks we're talking. Uh, the 4L60, which everybody in the GM world and the LS swap world knows, the 4L60 is kind of plagued for problems, especially if you start really throwing it to it. Um, now, I've never had trouble with one personally. Um, I actually got 4L60 in my uh, LS swap wagon. And. You know, I put a bigger trans cooler on it, and really, I have not had an issue, knock on wood. You're not pulling a boat trailer with it either, though. I'm not pulling a boat trailer. All I'm doing is... Pulling know, a boat. Yeah, pulling a boat down the road. But, I mean, they, these trucks do have a lot of problems and a lot of issues that, you know, you got to work on, and it, they're starting to get old, man. Yeah, they're starting to get a little age on them. They are. I mean, You're starting to see these trucks dirt cheap, too. You are. You are. You, I mean, when you can pick up a 5.3 truck for around $1,500, now mind you, it's not going to be the prettiest truck out there. Yeah. They're getting you, cheap. You know you're starting to put some age on a truck. Three $4,000, you can actually buy a nice-looking pickup. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, we got plenty more trucks to talk about coming up next right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Odd Rod! What's happening, dude? No more Chevrolet trucks. Uh-uh. 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 What's next, next on the 14 trucks not to buy list? Next up on the 14 used trucks not to buy coming in, our number five spot, the Chevrolet Avalanche. Really? Now, I, I agree with that. This one, why would you want it? That's it, my thing. Exactly. I, you know, I love Chevrolet. I, I bleed Chevrolet. What the hell were they thinking with the Avalanche? Well, this is, and a, I know a lot of people got. And I'm not saying they're a bad car. My I, dad owned one. You, uh, the plastic cladding that, that explains a lot, actually. Exactly. Well, he's bipolar, <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's like the plastic cladding, and 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 I mean, I just don't. I've never really got those trucks. Like they got like compartments for stuff. I mean, they're just not. I don't know. They've never really turned me on. Well. <laughs> I'll tell you what it was. It, it was kind of for the modern person. It, it was meant to be an SUV crossover with a pickup truck. You know the truck bed in them is a lot smaller. But you can still open it up the back and make it a little bit bigger. They ran these trucks from 2001 to 2012. Um, so basically, you got a Tahoe with a truck bed. So a Tahoe with an open cargo area is what you have. Um, the problem with these trucks is everything we just mentioned before the break uh, with the Silverados crosses over to here everything yeah every, I mean, it's the same platform every single issue but there's more these trucks were plagued with quality uh assembly quality control issues from the factory really? how they were put together there's a lot on these trucks as you just said there's a lot of things that are added onto these things a lot of things clipped on that sit there and shake and fall off Plastic cladding. Exactly. There's a, a lot of that things. always turns, which I know that's not a mechanical, but drives me insane. And then you know what? You go to take this plastic cladding off because you don't like it. Well, the truck's molded around it. There's holes all yeah. through it for the clips. No, now you there, got a cheese no grater easy, truck. There's no easy fix. No, there's not. So they came with the same 5.3 liter V8, which I think is a great platform. 
But with age on them, they do start showing problems. Oil consumption, the fuel uh, fuel range on them is not that great. Some of these trucks have been reported to use like up to a, a quart of oil every thousand miles. That's a lot. And that's you know that's getting into a ring issue there. That's your motor needs to be rebuilt at that point. Yeah. Um. So I mean, you got you got problems there. Um, you know, the dash issues, the electronic issues we talked about with the Silverados, all these problems come back around with these. There's even been recorded that evidently the dashboard was made over at Dodge because they like to crack in these trucks. So these trucks are, are plagued with a lot of issues, not to mention the ridiculous look and styling. It's kind of like Mad Max meets Legos meets Silverado. Yeah, and then to boot... The you know the towing capabilities on these trucks are garbage. They're absolutely. I mean, they're not even comparable to the Silverado, which is basically what it is. Well, they made a twenty five hundred Avalanche too, which yeah. is insane. That's a mistake, isn't it? Well, I mean, I guess they had a little towing capability. Yeah, I guess you know, I mean, well, yeah, whatever. But still, I mean, it had to tow so much plastic around with it as is. I imagine it was heavy. Yeah, I mean, they are. You know, they're loaded down. I mean, these things, and then you know, like that back door that opens up. All this, you know, all these things are room for error, room for leaks, room for all kinds of problems, and added weight because of all these features, you know. And then the bed in it, like we talked about, is a smaller bed. The bed in it's kind of a joke. It's a good place to throw a couple bags of quick creep. That's about it. Couple bags of quick creep. I mean, honestly, I just got to feel a man drives the avalanche ain't even playing with quick creep. He's not doing a whole lot. That's the problem. You know, I'm not sure. Maybe about, drive it to yoga. That's about it. You can put your yoga mat back there. That's that's about all you can use. I mean, there's not much else you can use it for, honestly, unless you lay the back down and now you got a wide open back end, and you lose you lose your four seat capabilities as well. So I mean, I guess it was a good concept, and then why they made a Cadillac version of it, I don't know the XT, but. You know, I guess it was a good ESV. ESV, is that right? Yeah, EXT was extended, which was the suburban. Yeah, you're right. Oh, they made it. It looked good. They did a lot better job with the cladding on it because they body matched it, and they did in the newer top or the newer avalanches too. They body matched the plastic because mm-hmm. it was so notorious for fading, and they did make them look a lot better. But these things still had a lot of problems. They kind of put you in mind of the Aztecs. Yeah. With all the plastic cladding. Yes, they Ugh. did. Yes, the earlier model ones. Yes, mm. yes. There, yeah, there was enough plastic cladding on there to be an Aztec. Maybe it was like leftover Aztec cladding. That's probably what it was. That makes a lot more sense now. Hmm. All right, so let's move away from the Avalanche here, and let's move on to our next truck, our number uh, number six in line. Guess what? You want to guess what it is? You want to take a guess? It's going to be a Chevrolet with that grin you got. Yeah, it's definitely a Chevrolet. Do you proofread any of this stuff? I mean, come on, guy. Well, see, it's a little grassy knoll theory. I know we said we couldn't do more grassy knoll things, but if I talk enough junk about Chevrolets, people will quit buying them, drive the cost down, and I can buy them all. See what I'm saying? Come here. Come, come here. here. Real close. Right. Real close. Ow. Why would you do that? Quit being dumb. I can't help it. I was born that way. <laughs> they didn't know it was bad to shake babies when you was little. No, they didn't. Or eat paint chips. It's weird. All right, so coming in at our number six spot is the Chevrolet. They do taste good, though. They do, actually, the lead ones especially. They're crunchy. Right. It's like chips. Yeah, a little ketchup on them. great. So, coming in at our number six spot on uh, used trucks not to buy, if you're looking for a truck, that is. 
the Chevrolet SSR. And this isn't really a truck. The well, SSR, it, it is a truck. No, it's. A, I look at the SSR like a truck, like an El Camino as a truck. Well, it is a truck. No, it has a truck bed. It's not a truck. It's a truck. The, the scrap man's not going to be driving the SSR around in 20 years, hauling beer cans in the back of it. My point exactly. While, yes, this is a truck, it's not a good-use truck if you're wanting to buy a truck. I mean, it's got a carpeted bed in it. It's got now plagued with problems. Problematic is the word, though. you got to think about this thing. Of course, it's got the same 5.3 that we were talking about earlier. Yes, it does. Now, 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 there were some available with a 6.2 liter as well. Some. Some. A few. And that gave it five hundred or four hundred horsepower. Power, sorry, and it made these trucks actually pretty cool. Well, this was the thing. The SSR design wise was really cool. Oh yeah, it had that retro styling that everybody was doing but back in the early two thousands. This is this is it's kind of like that really hot girl, and you went out with her, and she's dumb as a stack of rocks once you meet her. Right. There's nothing. What you see is what you get. There's no extra. Yes, you get a LS-powered two-seater carpeted bed, truck bed for, used for nothing. This shaped like a 50 Chevrolet pickup truck. Modernly yeah. twisted, yes. You're And you're right. That's what you get. It's you, a cruiser. You get a hot rod. It's a rod. convertible pickup truck. You Yes. Retractable roof that goes into the truck bed, so that lets you know how much room you got in your truck bed. Another thing, this is electric, by the way. Oh, yeah. So that's just... Yeah, 20 years from now, that should be good and problematic. Um, any idea what SSR stands for? Hmm. Super Sport Roadster. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and they are cool. They, You know, they are cool. Our buddy Alex has one. He's got a silver one. It's, prob- it's gorgeous. Well, that thing's got like 160-something thousand miles yeah, on it. Yeah. And it still shows it. And still shows it. Um. It's a gorgeous truck. I mean, he's got a beautiful one. I got a buddy with a purple one. You couldn't wedge another piece of chrome on that thing. No, you couldn't. I mean, and he does. He has a beautiful SSR. But that was their demise. For one, these trucks, they started off with a price tag of over $45,000. So that deterred a lot of people right off the bat. I mean, that was expensive just for this hot rod commodity. Because this is basically all this thing is, is a hot rod. Which leads to hot rod problems, by the way. And even now, the value on them are still retaining pretty high. I mean, if you see one that's in decent shape, it's still north of twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars. So they're not. There's people that collect them. Like there's people that love those things. Uh, It's kind of like a Buick uh, Riata. I mean, there's a niche market with GM only producing twenty-seven thousand of them. Yeah, Um, and there will always be that little kitschy cool niche SSR club. They'll have a handshake and membership cards and all that good stuff. Oh yeah, but the problem is, this is what drove this is what drove buyers away. This became a midlife midlife crisis for older people, and it drove the younger crowd away from them. Wrath rip, making them undesirable. Grandpa which, drives it; it ain't cool. Which ended the production. Which you know, but like I said, all your problems from your Silverado with the engine and all that roll over to these, you know, plus many many other problems. I and it's you, just not I, a good truck. I tell you a problem I got. One, we got a break for commercial. Yes, sir. And Two, you got to quit talking about Chevrolet's being bad. And it is top of the hour, and we do have to go. We'll catch you guys after this long break right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 106.3 WORD. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? 
Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.